This is the OT Fantasy Football Podcast. My name's Brian Andrew, and I'm here with the official with the white hat, Stephen Galindo. How you doing? I think you're on mute. We had a little bit of technical difficulties there. <laughs> now I'm back. I didn't realize that I accidentally pushed the mute button on my microphone. So when I edit this podcast, I will probably leave a couple second uh, quiet, so it all makes sense. But now that I'm back in the building... After I reviewed the play as the white hat, um, I'm going to say that the play stands as called on the field, that I'm having a great week. So uh, let's jump right into it this week uh, with our injury updates. Um, I guess we can start off with Gus Edwards out of Baltimore. He uh, was put in the concussion protocol. So his status for the game this week is up in the air. I believe this week they take on the Cleveland Browns in what should be a slugfest on the mm-hmm. ground between the, the two teams. So if Gus Edwards is out and let's say Justice Hill doesn't make his way back onto the field this week, who is going to run the ball for the Baltimore Ravens? It's looking like it's going to be Melvin Gordon. Like I was watching parts of that game on Sunday and Melvin Gordon looked pretty good. Like we, we both saw him play in the preseason and we were both like, Oh, he's slow. There's a reason why he didn't make the team at the beginning of the season. Like we thought the career, his career was over, but the eye test looked pretty okay. He was running hard. He was breaking tackles and I would say he, he's going to, he's good to go. I think, I think it's, it's gotta be Melvin Gordon. I'm surprised though. They're not entertaining more free agents but i but some of these injuries are not like you know the jk dobbins one season ending but some of these other injuries are not so i'm assuming they don't want to just bring in a ton of running backs just to have to cut one eventually so well it's the ravens so i wouldn't be surprised (laughs) if they bring in there's at one point at one point i think like last year they had like six or seven active running backs so (laughs) so like yeah you're right but yeah i'd say it's melvin gordon uh are you are you high or low on him? I'm low on him. He's going up against the Cleveland Browns who defensively have been pretty good this season. And um I don't think Melvin like he did look good in the limited capacity that he was on the field. But I think that was due to them playing the Colts. And the Colts defense hasn't looked as good as it has in in past years. Although the Colts did, you know, end up winning that game. You know, they rallied at the end of the game there. Um, mm. I would stay away from this Ravens backfield. One little nugget is rookie running back Keaton Mitchell. Mm-hmm. I believe he's a rookie. Um, he's on IR one more week. And so he'll be coming back in week five, you know, if, if nothing changes from now until then. And so I would keep an eye on him, maybe stash him because you never know. Um, usually the Ravens have a breakout running back in the middle to the end of the season because they deal with these running back injuries, unfortunately, you know, in the past. So um, I I would stash Keaton Mitchell if you have the roster space to hold on to because that Ravens backfield is far from set. So, um, you know, he might be somebody who who would be a good, uh, you know, middle of the season, late bloomer at the end. So, Hmm. Moving on, um, I feel like we're on this one every week because <laughs> it's your, it's your favorite one. But Joe Burrow's calf is still bothering him. Still doesn't look like Joe Burrow, right? 
Like he had slightly a slightly better game, but he still doesn't look like Joe Burrow. He looked very slow in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the only it's like I've never had a calf or Achilles injury, have you? No. The, the only time I could come close is like when you wake up in the middle of the night and you have like a cramp in your calf and you have to get out of bed and like step step on it to kind of like get it like going again. I could just picture that's probably how he feels <laughs> the entire game. <laughs> yeah. Other he, than that, he, I can't I can't understand it. He didn't look comfortable in the pocket or didn't look comfortable to run. Um I think he only had like eight fantasy points. Mm-hmm. So I think it was because they they didn't really have many touchdowns, so you know, add on a couple touchdowns and his day might have been different. But um, Joe Burrow, fantasy wise, I, I I think um, he's fading, and yeah. it might be time to look for somebody to stream until you know Joe Joe Burrow looks a little more like himself. You mm-hmm. know, if that does happen this season, but I think that calf issue is going to be with him. You know, for for most or if not the entire year. I do feel like the Bengals should shut him down for at least a week or two, and just see if they if like the rest helps. Like I'm not, I, I, but I don't know. I'm not. I'm not on their training staff. I'm not on their team. Maybe uh, in healthy Joe Burrow's better than their backup, which I guess uh, maybe that's true. But th- this doesn't look like a very long term successful plan for that team, and it doesn't look like it's long term successful for your fantasy team either. Yeah, so if you got Joe Burrow, good luck. Uh, Moving on to, I think, the most impactful injury of Mm -hmm. week three is the Chargers wide receiver Mike Williams uh, going down with a torn ACL. So he will be out for the remainder of the season. The thing that sucks about this one is, you know, we talked about this when we previewed the AFC West is, you know, Mike Williams misses time every year. You don't know when. Um, not only that, but he's very up and down as far as fantasy points, you know, fantasy production goes. But this year, I think he was pretty steady on contributing as, you know, a wide receiver two, um, wide receiver three uh, candidate. And before he went down, I think he was having a pretty good day. Obviously, they were playing the Minnesota Vikings who give up everything to everybody. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean... This is a big loss for the Chargers. Um, if Mike Williams was your wide receiver too, I think that's a pretty big loss because he was looking pretty good before he went down. Yeah, and this now, if you were to ask me at the beginning of the season, I would assume it's Keenan Allen, the one that I was probably going to miss time. And to be honest, he still might at some point, right? It's, it's still early in the season, and he's an older player. He had an excellent game this last week for your fantasy team. But he... You expect him to miss some time too. So this does now open up the conversation to uh Joshua Palmer and Quinn Johnson. And these were these were two players that at the beginning of the season we were wondering when are they gonna get their share? Because they're both very talented wide receivers who Joshua Palmer filled in a lot last year for Keenan Allen and Quinn Johnson's the the rookie that everyone's really high on. And I think we may get to a point this season that Joshua Palmer and Quinn Johnson are the starting wide receivers for the Chargers. And now with Mike Williams' injury, that I think that increases a lot more. 
Joshua Palmer is now the wide receiver two on the Chargers. Quinn Johnson probably fills in as wide receiver three. They do have two, I want to say fantasy relevant tight ends, but uh, I would say touchdown vulturing tight ends in Gerald, Gerald Everett and uh, Farnham. So I, I do think that you still might want to be hesitant on Quentin Johnson right now, but I would keep an eye on him. I, I would stash him because he's going to get some volume and playing time and some target share, I think, pretty soon. But I would say Joshua Palmer is the safer wide receiver to maybe pick up on waivers or look in the trade market for right now. Yeah, no, I totally agree. He's probably not going to be the one that comes in and, and is very productive off, you know, off the bat. But, um, you know, I think later on in the season, as he continues to gain experience, that he's going to have those opportunities to, you know, be a solid flex option. Absolutely. And kind of sticking with the Chargers here, just a quick update on Austin Eckler, who missed his second game this past week. Um, you know, he's he looks like he's nearing a return, but there's really no indication of it's really fifty fifty. It is it's truly a fifty fifty. He might play, he might not play. So um I recommend just keeping an eye on the practice reports and hopefully he'll suit up. But the Chargers do have a bye, I believe, in week five. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if they sit him out one more week because they're winning, and then he comes back in week six. So Wait. if you're a Austin Eckler manager, um, I would recommend staying away from Joshua Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got to offer Joshua Kelly today, and I was like, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Joshua uh, Kelly has not been what you know a fraction of what we thought he would be. You know, he was a hot pickup after week one on the waivers, but he I, is not. He has not produced anything. I'm if I if can I be honest with you, and I this is going to come off negative because I'm not. I don't wish people not to have their jobs, but Joshua Kelly has not proven anything since he's been in the NFL that he's a good handcuff to Austin Eckler, and Austin Eckler misses time every year. And yet the Chargers still rock with Joshua Kelly out there, and he has not proven since he got in this league that he's he's he has anywhere near half the production that Eckler has. His best game was when Eckler was playing in it, <laughs> you know. So it's like, uh, yeah, I would stay away from Joshua Kelly. I wouldn't waste your fab. I wouldn't waste a trade. Just let, if he's on someone else's team, just let him rot there. Yeah, that's a tough take, but it's more truth than lie. <laughs> So, so you want to so, get into yeah all right yeah <laughs> you thought i was falling asleep there <laughs> uh, we're gonna get into you know we're now we're in week three headed to week four we're about a quarter of the way done with the fantasy season so we are going to uh do a quick little bit called patience or panic um and we're going to talk about a couple players here that is it time to start panicking on them, or should we still be patient? And uh, leading this off, and obviously these aren't players who are injured. So, for instance, we're not going to talk about Cooper Cup. You know, we're not going to talk about Alvin Kamara, who's been suspended. Uh, these are players that have played a majority of the of the three games. You know, if they had to sit out or not, but a majority of the games, and who are not meeting expectations or ADP where they were drafted at the beginning of the year. So 
kind of to kick things off. Um, this one's, you know, right on the verge of being a patience or panic or more of an injury base. But Joe Burrow, obviously Joe Burrow is a big name in the offseason as a fantasy quarterback. You know, he was being drafted, I believe, as a fantasy quarterback, like number five or six. You know, so people were putting were putting some high capital on drafting Joe Burrow. You know, he obviously got hurt in training camp. And everybody knew this going into their drafts, you know, at least most people, because people draft closer to the season. And it was reported that he would be ready to go for week one. But, I mean, after watching him for three weeks, um, he hasn't looked, as we mentioned, he hasn't looked like the Joe Burrow of years past. So, Brian, are you panicking on Joe Burrow or should we be patient on his production? I would panic. If I'm being honest with you, if you, if, because this is probably, even though you, you don't normally pick it in the first round, this is probably the most important position on your fantasy team is your quarterback position. And if you're set at your skilled players, you still want someone out there at least getting you 16 to 18, 20 points, right? But ideally, your quarterback should get you at 20 plus a week. That, I think that's a good floor. If your quarterback's not getting you 20 plus, then there's ways to improve there. You know, and the fact that he's been struggling the way he has been, I, w- I would panic a little bit. I would be like, all right, you got to make a move. You got to figure something out. You got to pick someone up on the waivers to fill in. And, like we're talking about streaming Joe Burrow, who you, you probably, like you said, drafted five or six in terms of QB. Like we're now talking about possibly streaming him. Like I didn't realize how much because – he has a lot of he has a lot of big plays with Jamar Chase and T Higgins, even Tyler Boyd and stuff like that. And you have the running game with Joe Mixon. Like you always just kind of felt like Joe Burrow, even with this calf injury going into the season, that even he he'd still be able to be very productive with the talent he has and with his arm strength and stuff like that. But I did not realize how much he needs to use his legs to move around in the pocket and to extend plays and stuff like that, even run downfield a little bit. Like I did not realize how important that was to his game until this season. And maybe that maybe I'm an ignorant Cincinnati Bengals guy or an ignorant football person, but I just not, I didn't realize how important that was. And yeah, like you, you, I'd I'd be panicking if you're a Joe Burrow uh, manager owner. I'm going to give it one more week before I start to panic because they go, they're going up against the Tennessee Titans, who have been a field day for quarterbacks. And so if Joe Burrow can't put together a decent game against Tennessee, then I'm starting to, to look for you know a trade or a, uh, a streaming quarterback. Or heck, you know, if he does have a decent game, maybe it's sell high on Joe Burrow for, for you know somebody else who you know you can rely or you can trust a little more frequently. So so this week he plays Tennessee, then he plays Arizona, then he plays Seattle. All three matchups. I think this is a, like if you're going to if you're going to stick with them, these are three important matchups. Because after that they have a bye week and then they go Cincinnati. I mean they don't go Cincinnati. <laughs> he plays for Cincinnati. They go San Francisco, Buffalo, Houston, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, Colts, then Minnesota. Minnesota. So there's a couple matchups that are considered average to below average, maybe in there. But for the most part, they're above average to really good defenses. And if he can't get together in these three weeks, he might be hitting the waiver wire. 
Like, I'm just being real about it. Like, if he can't get it together in these three next games, then you're rethinking your whole quarterback strategy. Yeah, you have to. Um, another quarterback that was drafted with, you know, high draft capital and had very big expectations for this year was uh, Justin Fields, uh, Chicago Bears quarterback. He has not looked good at all, um, unfortunately. What what do you think here? Patience or panic? I would have a little bit more patience, just a little bit. I saw I saw a, a meme the other day of like um, uh, Justin Fields, you know, blaming it on the coaches, and then it's just a it's just him throwing the football, and it hits another player in the helmet, <laughs> and it's like right on that. the goal line. <laughs> uh, I giggle. I don't know. It's funny because like yeah, he had a lot of hype. Uh, he's still a very one-dimensional quarterback. It seems like he has not really improved in the passing game. Really, like there, there's some flashes where it's like, oh, that was a really good pass, or he threw it in this window, or something like that. But to be honest, it, it has not looked good. But the running ability. See, the difference between him and Joe Burrow is that Joe Burrow can't run. It's like he has to legit do everything through the air. Whereas Justin, like he could still technically, you know, get you. 15 to 20 points even if he has the worst QBR in the league <laughs> or something like that you know like he could, have, he could have the worst QBR next week and still get you 15 20 points you know what I mean so it's it's just one of those things like yeah yeah no I I, I agree um he can put up 100 plus rushing yards and a touchdown or two a game um I haven't I mean just from the eye test the Bears in general haven't looked good obviously they brought DJ Moore over um, from Carolina when they traded that pick away, the first pick of the draft. And then on top of that, they uh, traded a second-round pick for Chase Claypool last year. So I really haven't seen much from those two guys. They still have Darnell Mooney. So, I mean, the talent at receiver, I think, is there. Um, obviously, the offensive line is struggling too, but I, I wouldn't say that it's all on the o- offensive line. Um, I think it is a little bit of, of everything. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not dropping Justin Fields just yet, but I think he's in streaming territory territory right now because um, – or benching territory, and then you're streaming another quarterback. Yeah, I heard. This next one here is a little personal for me because I was expecting big things from him when I drafted him. But Trevor Lawrence – from the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, you know, he had a decent game one, and then I don't know what happened. He just he disappeared. Um, he hasn't been seen the last two weeks. Should have been a shootout against Kansas City. I know Kansas City has you know a, a decent defense this year, but I mean they should have put up a, you know a couple touchdowns. Uh, they didn't score any touchdowns that game, and then you know they go to Houston or Houston comes to them, and they underperform against Houston, you know, a team that is not projected to win very many games. So I don't know what's going on with Trevor Lawrence. Um, One stat that I wish I knew before I drafted him, and this is something I looked up, is Trevor Lawrence uh, had the most single-digit fantasy point games last year. So he's a very up-and-down quarterback, mostly Mm -hmm. down. You know, we were hoping that he'd have that big third-year leap. Haven't seen it yet, but, you know, we'll we'll sit and wait. But I am starting to panic. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, if he can't put up a, a decent game, you know, against 
Atlanta this week. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to what to say. Atlanta Atlanta has a lot of fight in them too. They they've been extremely competitive in all their games. So they're not gonna make it easy on Jacksonville, but you you'd have to think that Yeah, like 'cause like you thought he's gonna have like a, a third season like surge and we thought it, it kind of came early, right? It kind of came early halfway through last year that he ended the season off really well. That's is one of the reasons why he's uh, drafted so high this year. One of he has one of the best offensive minds uh, coaching him. You would think with the talent he has, and like you said, it looked good in week one. And I feel like we could combo this with Calvin Ridley, right? Because to be honest, it's not like Calvin Ridley has been bad. Like I think the targets have somewhat been there. It's just like the passes have not been great. There's been times where I've seen Calvin Ridley make a catch and his foot's out of bounds or something. Or like I think there was twice and it was a week two or something they caught, caught like a touchdown in the end zone, but he didn't have both feet down or something. Like that feels like the 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 approach is there. It's just it's just not mixing well and like. I, I have a little I have patience for I have I have patience for Lawrence and I would have patience for Ridley too but I I didn't realize how codependent they were on for each other's fantasy success. Yeah, um you know as a person who has stacked both of them, you know week 1 I was like yeah, I I made the greatest, you know, I made a good choice here cuz I I kind of uh I reached for Kelvin Ridley and um I'm not regretting it yet, but I am a little worried. Um, I think, you know, if there is a game for them to to bounce back, it should be against this Atlanta team. Hopefully it's a revenge game for Kelvin Ridley and he goes off. But uh, I think it, it, you know, he did drop, like you said. He he had just these weird circumstances where his two feet weren't in the end zone or, you know, he dropped two possible touchdowns, you know, this last week against Houston. So I mean, these are big plays. They got to make them. You know, I, I'm I'm hoping they turn it around. For now, I'm I'm being patient, but you know, time is ticking away. And like you mentioned, quarterback is such an important part of your fantasy team. And if you don't have a quarterback who's putting up, you know, you said twenty plus points. I mean, at the bare minimum, they got to be putting up seventeen. So if you don't have a quarterback that's putting up seventeen or more points, you know, a game, you know that that really that really hurts you. So moving on um, to some running backs here, Josh Jacobs of the Las Vegas Raiders, you know, we knew that he was going to struggle at the beginning of the season, you know, but did you think it was going to be this bad? I didn't think it was going to be this bad, but I thought based on where his ADP was, I wasn't comfortable drafting him based on how much training camp he missed. And when you miss a ton of training camp, you you tend to come in very slow and sometimes you have really bad years sometimes you get hurt so i was just so like i i would have patience with josh jacobs simply because i don't know what the alternative is if you drafted josh jacobs what's your alternative like you could go stream a quarterback somewhere you could try to find a flex wide receiver but there's not a lot of running backs you could just go find and pick up like i you drafted Josh Jacobs that high. I think you just got to have some patience. And then if you have a flex-worthy running back you can put in his place, then maybe you consider that a week or two from now. But I think you got to you got to ride with Josh Jacobs. Yeah, no, I agree. You probably spent, you know, an early second round or second round pick on Josh Jacobs. I think you 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 got to 
you ride this little hump here and uh, hopefully he can put it together. I mean, teams are going to, I think teams are going to game plan for the run and they're going to make you, they're going to make the Raiders beat you with Garoppolo, mm-hmm. which we haven't seen him do yet. So um, once Jimmy starts to up his game, I think that's when the running lanes will open and, and you'll get a little bit better production out of Josh Jacobs. I did not know this, but apparently he had the highest uh, completion percentage in the history of the NFL. Yeah, Jimmy be, G. I, yeah, it could be. I did not know that. But for someone who has such a really cool accolade and and uh, stat like that, he's just a game manager. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this one's a little bit surprising to me. Um, again, this is somebody who was drafted with high, you know, high draft capital. Uh, Derek Henry of the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I know you were off on him because of age, but uh, it hasn't really been age that's been holding him back. It yeah, seems like it's yeah, it's been opportunity, and um, he is losing a lot of uh, snap percentage and uh, carries to uh, Tajay Spears. So, are you? Uh, patient or are you panicking on Derrick Henry? I would be patient too because if you, you've seen from the eye test that he's still extremely talented and he still could get into open space, he still could truck people, he could still find his way into the end zone. End zone. It's just yeah, it's the snap share. But I trust that he could make the most of his snaps than maybe some other people in this league. Now he had a very poor showing last week, but he's looked okay the first two weeks, even with the low snap share. Like it just it hasn't been perfect. You're obviously not getting second round uh points that you expected from him, right? But I'd be patient. Like I said, I, I don't want to like repeat myself uh with the Josh Jacobs thing, but it's like what's the alternative? Unless you drafted really deep at running back and you could fill in two other running back spots or a flex running back position, and like I don't know what your alternative is. Yeah, I agree. Um, you, you just gotta. I think you gotta write it out. You you drafted him. You know, you drafted him high for a reason, and uh, I think you need to wait it out. He, I mean, the first two games he didn't he didn't produce that bad. He had twelve fantasy points and seventeen. You know, he had over 60 yards rushing, one touchdown. He had some receiving yards. So, I I mean, hopefully it's just one of those things where they're trying to limit his snaps at the beginning of the year or limit his carries to kind of preserve him for the end. Um, And hopefully we start to see, you know, an increase or more of an even balance of, you know, snaps to to carries for both running backs. Because I feel like we're gonna make a, we're gonna talk about another running back right here where I might contradict myself with this, but when I say like there's no alternative, because I am gonna name an alternative for one of our next running backs we're talking about. It's not like Spears is giving you crazy fancy production either. Like you know what I mean? Like he's single digits. He's not really producing for you in fantasy football, so it's not like it could be like, well, let me pick up his handcuff and then I'll be good. No, no, like it's still Derrick Henry show. It's just you gotta make the most of it. Whereas I'm just gonna move on to the next one, Najee Harris. Like he legit has a handcuff running back that is more productive than him. That's that's the alternative for Harris. Even though you probably picked Harris in the second round, 
or so or you might have picked him early third or second you might have even picked him late first if you're if you're absolutely insane the Jalen Warren though is legit an alternative to Najee Harris like there's a there's an alternative with so if you got the handcuff you picked him early enough in the draft and then you picked Warren later you have an alternative uh so that that that's that's the difference for me and i guess if i'm going to i would say panic for Najee Harris yeah no i agree um he just doesn't look explosive uh i think you you had a comment you know last week as we were preparing for week uh, three, uh, where you said that Najee Harris looks like he's fighting for a yard, like for one yard mm-hmm. um, on every play. So, yeah, he just looks slower and not as explosive as Warren. And like you said, Warren's not a handcuff at the moment. He's an alternative. So um, I would I would be panicking. And after, you know, Najee just had a decent game this past uh, Monday night. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, not Monday night, but uh, this past week, Sunday night, um, I would look to sell him. That his stock no, has would. risen. I would too. And to be honest, I you could tell there's a good football player there. It's just for whatever. It's just not working in Pittsburgh. So either midseason trade or something. I don't know. Or maybe the the offense gets it together and finds a way to f- make him productive. But it's it's funny because you could tell there's a good football player there. It's just every possession, every play looks like a struggle. Yeah, it doesn't look that good. Um, speaking of somebody who doesn't look that good, um, but was drafted with you know high expectation, uh, Rashad White mm-hmm. of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. His efficiency has been very low. I think he's averaging like three yards a carry, maybe less. Um, he is getting the running back one numbers mm-hmm. as far as carries and snap share and everything. And um, he's just, he's not able to turn those into production. Um, and, and I mean, the, the offensive line doesn't look that good either. Mm-hmm. So I can't put the, the entire blame on, you know, Rashad White, but um, he's, for somebody who's getting that much, you know, uh, snaps and that many carries a game, like he should be averaging over, you know, 12, 13 fantasy points a game. And, um, you know, other than a, a decent week two that he had, you know, he got into the end zone because they happened to be, you know, they happened to fall at the five or six yard line or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he, he was able to get into the end zone, but, um, you know, he just hasn't looked as what you would expect him to when you drafted him. Yeah, and like we we're not bringing up this player but it remi- I have Damian Pierce stock and if you look at Damian Pierce's uh stats over the last few weeks, it's the same roughly every week. It's just he fell into the end zone last week and it seems like Rashad White has this very similar trajectory where it's He's becoming touchdown dependent, and if your running back's touchdown dependent, then I, I think you enter somewhat of a panic mode. But both him and Pierce are in this situation where they're both getting RB1 volume, and you're wondering, like, eventually it's going to have to click into more yards and more production, right? Like, Rashad White does seem like the, t- the kind of player where, like, one week it will legitimately be, like, a 25-point game. Like, he gives you a 25-point fantasy week because... 
fell into the end zone twice, got close to 100 yards, looks like a really good running back. And then the next week, Baker Mayfield's just gunslinging it, and and he's just not getting the same production. And uh, I think it's patience if he's your RB2. It's panic if he's your RB1. Yeah, no, I agree. And then we have uh, one last one, right? Yeah, the last one here because we already kind of glazed over Kelvin Ridley. Um, but another wide receiver is uh, C.D. Lamb of the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, he was drafted in the you know second round, maybe end of the first round, um, as a lot of people's wide receiver ones. And I mean, other than a you know decent week two, he hasn't really produced the way you would hope. Are you panicking or are you patient? I would be patient simply because. He looks fine. <laughs> the only thing to panic about is like if he was going to turn it around. If like let's just say he got 15 points in week three, right? Just like a solid 15 point week. I don't think we would put him on this list, right? We'd be like, I know like it's the Cardinals and we feel like he should be going off for like 52 points or something. But the Cardinals have showed a lot of fight this season so far. And they they kind of punched the Cowboys in the mouth. I think the Cowboys didn't co- uh, approach the game. Uh, how should I put this? Professionally, and I think the Cardinals punched them in the mouth a bit. Uh, I don't think the the Cowboys are as good as they showed in Week One. But I guess the also the panic part would be like they also looked really good in Week One, and Ceedee Lamb didn't go off that week either. So I still think it's patience, though. He's talented. I think he's going to finish the year off probably wide receiver seven or higher. Uh, he's just that kind of player. I think it's like for exact for the exact same reason why you should be probably be patient with Jamar Chase and some of these other players. You know, I, I he I think he'll turn it around. I think he's one of those like you don't want to get cute. Like some of these other ones we're talking about, it's like oh you got to start considering X, Y, and Z. But with this one, you you really don't want to get cute. Like it's he should he should be good even if he's not necessarily showing it yet and he at least showed it at least one week so far so yeah yeah he showed it against a pretty good Jets defense like I said um, Arizona wasn't as good um, but I agree with you 100 percent like you drafted this guy to be your wide receiver one sure he starts off slow but you know I think they 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 figure it out and they. Um, you know, they obviously go up from where they're at now. So um, I'm kind of glad that they got punched in the mouth because, you know, there's all the talk of, oh, Dallas is the best team in the league. Dallas this, America's team. Mm-hmm. And um, it was nice to see them get humbled. So um, that's my non-professional take on <laughs> no, that. I respect it. But, uh, yeah, no, you're starting CD Lamb. Don't get cute. You know, by week six, if he hasn't put up production, then, you know, we're probably going to circle around and we'll start talking about panicking. But for now, um, I think it's going to come. Like you said, he's just too talented of a receiver. Um, So he's going to get his points. The thing that I do want to point out, though, is that Kellen Moore was the the offensive coordinator for Dallas last year. Mm -hmm. And CeeDee Lamb was phenomenal. Now Kellen Moore's in the Chargers, um, you know, with the Chargers as their offensive coordinator, and now Keenan Allen is doing phenomenal. So, you know, there, there's no such thing as a coincidence. 
And, you know, now Mike McCarthy is calling plays in Dallas. So um, it could be a mixture of just, you know, the play calling and then just game script so far this year. Before we go, I just want to shout out to Keenan Allen and Mike Evans, both having really good years when they're probably at the tail end of their careers. Like they both having really good years so far. Mike Evans is legitimately carrying the bucks (laughs) and you can see Keenan Allen's doing the same for the Chargers. So just want to throw that out there. Yeah, I'm a little uh I'm a little sad I didn't draft uh Mike Evans <laughs> this year. Um I I you know, my take was that Mike Evans is very up and down and so far he's been pretty consistent, so we'll see, you know, regression to the mean. You know what? Like I was down on both of them. So I I look like a jackass, so you're we're good. <laughs> <laughs> which means you know our takes are usually not always perfect which should lead us to boom and bust and out of our stadium picks <laughs> and I'm, I'm just gonna go right off the bat i'm gonna go with my boom i i don't even think i told you my boom before we got on the air right now and i and i re- remember i was gonna text you something this sunday because after the performance they had and i was gonna say look at the juggernaut texans because I'm going to make a take right now that I think is accurate unless something happens in Indianapolis. CJ Stroud, CJ Stroud is the best quarterback in the AFC South right now. Now you can say Anthony Richardson's better and I would probably give you that, but Anthony Richardson's not healthy. If he was healthy, then I think there's more of a debate there, but he's better than Gardner Minshew. He's better than Trevor Lawrence right now. He's better than Ryan Tannehill. He back-to-back 20-point performances. He's going into Pittsburgh. This is a real good test because Pittsburgh has a very solid defense. And I still expect this Texans offense with CJ Stroud is gonna he's gonna put up another 20 point plus performance. Because I don't trust the Steelers offense to stay on the field that long. I don't think they're that they're that good. They are legitimately the definition of mid. And I would say CJ Shaw is gonna continue to perform extremely well. He's my boom pick this week. Well, I, I like it. I agree with you. I you know, I had my eye on CJ Stroud, you know, with the Trevor Lawrence struggles and um, you know, with you saying this, it makes me feel a little more confident in, you know, pursuing uh, Stroud as a possible streamer. So um, I agree. I think he's going to have another good game. You know, this isn't the Pittsburgh Steelers defense of years past. You know, they are good, but the Texans actually look pretty good. They look pretty good. I know you had a take before the season started where you said possibly this could be the team that wins the division. So we'll keep an eye on that and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> but, I, I, I look like an absolute idiot in week one. They looked bad. And then all of a sudden they're like they're one and two now, and it's not like anyone in the AFC South like the Jacksonville Jaguars have had opportunity after opportunity just to run away with this division if they wanted to, and they have not taken an opportunity. And they they lost to the Texans. Like they could win this division. <laughs> so well, you never know. Who's I your won't be surprised if they do. Um, my boom this week is. Don't hold your breath on this one because mine's a little spicy. Kyle Pitts of the Atlanta Falcons. Kyle Pitts uh, you know, and the Falcons are going to travel across the pond to London 
and they're going to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. This is a revenge game for Kelvin Ridley. Kyle Pitts scored his first NFL touchdown on English soil. And I think he's going to repeat that performance, and he's going to have a score in this one. And I think he goes over 12 fantasy points. I think he's going to, you know, he's going to get a couple, you know, receptions, some decent yardage, 60 plus yards with a touchdown. So my boom this week for, for those who are out on any Falcons receiver is Kyle Pitts. I like it. You You know what the funny thing is about this Falcons offense is I watch NFL red zone. And like every, every, you know, they do like the, you know, the Bijan Robinson, you know, plays and stuff. And you're watching and you're like, they're, they're fighting hard out there. And, and it's like Ritter uh, makes like a great play and he's like, he's extending drives. And you're like, man, dude, like Desert Ritter's looking pretty good on the NFL red zone. And then you check fantasy, he's got like six points. <laughs> you're like, what? Like, that looks nothing like yeah. what's going on in the red zone. Red zone's only showing the highlights. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, so. A concern going to the season was is the passing game for the Falcons, and so far it's proven to be a concern still. But that's you know that's what makes this, the take spicy. I like it. Eventually, he's going to score this season. If you just keep saying it every every week, eventually he's going to do it. Yeah, I hope so. You know, <laughs> I, I I'm still waiting for the breakout. You know, I, I I'm a big Kyle Pitts believer, and God, I'd love for like another team to trade for Kyle Pitts and actually use him. Oh, absolutely. I agree with that. Who you got bussing? So bussing this week for me is going to be Tyreek Hill. Now hear me out because people are going to be like, Tyreek Hill, he's the number one, you know, wide receiver and like the number one scoring offense. Like how is he going to bust? But, but hear me out. This week they go up against Buffalo in Buffalo. It's a divisional matchup. I think Buffalo takes the long ball away. And I think that Tyreek Hill is still going to put up a, a decent game, you know, but he's going to be held to under 15 fantasy points this week. So he's going to be held in check. It's still a great day, you know, because a lot of people just average 14, 15 fantasy points. But for Tyree Kill, that's not a good game. And so my bust this week is Tyree Kill. I like it. You know, it's 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 taking legitimately one of the best players in fantasy football and saying, like, all right, now the expectation for you is this. And you know what? This week I don't think you're gonna reach there. You know? Like <laughs> it's just <laughs> like if 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 the if the expectation was just his regular projection or something, I think it would be like, Oh yeah, yeah, he'll probably get that. But now now he's like what averaging 20 something points a week i think after his first two probably more than that so yeah like it's like 24 points or something so like yeah like is he gonna get 24 points again probably not you know so i think it's you know or he might get 50 this this dolphins offense looks unstoppable even though i feel like we've seen the show before <laughs> so uh my bust is my butt i'm gonna bust uh i'm a Kamara. Uh, he's coming back after three games off from a suspension. Uh, you know my take. Usually, uh, I feel like players need a few games to get back into, uh, I would say, football rhythm. 
and I think in Tampa Bay, every game Tampa Bay has played in has been an absolute rock fight this year. And with James Winston at quarterback, I just feel like the offense is going to have a hard time getting up and down the field. Right now, Kamara is aver- uh, projected to get around 12 to 13 points. And I, I think he's going to fall short of that. Like he's going to, you know, he's going to get, some, he's going to get his yards. He's going to catch some passes, but unless he falls in the end zone, I think he's going to struggle to get the amount of catches and yards to get to double digits points, double digit points this week. So, yep. That's a, that's a pretty spicy take. Cause you know, Elvin K- Kamara's coming in fresh. Obviously he hasn't played in a, an actual game since the preseason, but. And I think also, too, to kind of add to your bus is that uh, famous Jameis loves to throw the ball down the field. Oh, yeah. that's I'm not going to lie to you. Like I thought going into the season, Olave was going to have a really good year uh, with Derek Carr. But for some he's reason... He's having a pretty decent yeah, year. Yeah, he's, he's doing fine. But I was ex- For not having scored any touchdowns. Yeah, yet, he's yeah. doing fine. He's double digits every week. and But I was expecting, like breakout season stuff from with him and Derek Carr because I was like he has a very competent quarterback now but when Derek Carr went down I was like huh now that Jameis is back there <laughs> actually Chris Olave might actually reach a ceiling now and I, I think this is going to be uh, a fun few weeks because I think Derek Carr is going to be out for a while right maybe we should have talked about it at the beginning of the pod but he's he's week to week it's but, not uh, it's not season ending but it doesn't look like he's going to sure. play anytime soon for sure he's out this week. Yeah, so Yeah, I Yeah, I'm, I think you know this is going to be a really good Chris Olave week. Oh. I agree with you. Uh but that's he wasn't one of my busts. It was Levin Kamara. Uh do you have an out of stadium sleeper pick or do you want me to go first? Go ahead and go first. I do have one, but so you were uh, absolutely down on this guy at the beginning of the podcast and I am I'm not extremely high, but I am moderately willing to say that he might have a good game this week, and I think it's Melvin Gordon. <laughs> I, he's my out-of-stadium pick. I think uh, he was on the practice squad at the beginning of the season. looked like his career was almost over. I think it's out of the stadium. Like At this point in the season, it's really hard to find outside the box players to have a good week. So I'm like, I want to pick the guy who wasn't even on the roster or the 53 man roster a week and a half ago. The eye test looked pretty good. He's playing against a really good Browns defense. So like everything's telling me he's not going to be, he's everything's telling me he's not going to have a good week. And I can't give you good enough reason why he will, <laughs> but in my gut, it's saying that, you know what, he's going to probably get a lot more snaps than we think. Like you said, uh, uh, some of the players that are injured ahead of him are not going to probably be available this week. So I think it's, it's lining up for Melvin to fall into the end zone or maybe get mm, 80 to 90 yards rushing. You know, just simply just... I don't even know if the Ravens are going to get 80 to 90 yards rushing in the entire game as a team because that Browns defense is so good. But that's why it's an out-of-the-stadium pick. I'm picking Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon the third. Melvin Gordon the third. You know what? When I uh, won the championship uh, a handful of years back, he was my running back one. So um, he was phenomenal with the Chargers, but... I don't know what happened. Age. Yeah, that's basically it. 
so for my out of the stadium pick, you know, because we have to be, like you said, we have to we have to try to find people who, you know, at this point in the season, it's really hard to find somebody that just comes out of nowhere. But my out of the stadium pick is the wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts, Josh Downs. Hmm. He is a rookie. He's been actually playing pretty well lately. He's led the team in targets the last couple weeks. So, you know, he eventually is going to get going. The only thing that worries me about him is that his average depth of target is like under 10 yards. So he's not, you know, getting the balls down the field. But I think he gets enough uh, volume. Mm-hmm. And he's playing the Rams this week, and I think the Rams are not as good as they've been in the past. And you know, if Gardner Minshew is starting, whether it's Gardner Minshew or you know Richardson, um, both of them have targeted Joshua Downs plenty in their in their starts. So I would look to him to start heating up, and I think this is the game where he he breaks out against the Rams. I like that pick a lot. Like there's there's a few rookies that I've been keeping an eye on, and I was like, huh, it seems like they're part of the offense. They're just not putting it together on the stat sheet, and that's one of them. So yeah, I like to pick a lot. Yeah, um, real quick, you know, this past week against Baltimore, he had twelve targets and eight receptions. Uh, the week before, he had five targets, four receptions, and then week one, he had seven targets, three receptions. Um, his yard total was 30, 37, and 57. So, like I said, he's not getting very deep passes. But, you know, I think, you know, something's got to give. And uh, I think his opportunities are going to open. So, that is my out of the stadium pick this week. Speaking of that, um, just before we go, uh, a wide receiver I was down on. And, you know, it's not like he's having, pro- he might not even be having a season that's up to part of his ADP. But uh, Michael Pittman's having a better season than I thought he would. Like, he's been getting in double digits. He's been a fine wide receiver. Like, he, he's not wide receiver 10 by any means, but he's been fine. And I think if you drafted him, he's probably fit into your flex spot pretty well. If you've uh, stacked up in other positions, he's been a fine wide receiver two on your team kind of thing. But, like, I just want to shout out because, like, I was pretty, I was pretty down on him on this offense at the beginning of the season, and he's showed up, and he's been more than fine. And I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, no, I, I second that. I wasn't very high on Pittman, and I wasn't thinking he was going to get the production he's been getting. And, you know, if you drafted Pittman, you probably got a good deal on him. He's probably been a value pick for you because I know he wasn't being drafted high. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll see how, you know, the rest of the season plays out. But as of right now, yeah, he looks good. Absolutely. All right, before we, we sign off here, can you let the people know where they can find us on you, the socials? You can find us on X at OT Fantasy F Ball. You know, we're gonna throw we're gonna put this episode up tomorrow. Take that out. We're gonna, <laughs> when we throw this episode up, comment, you know, click on the link, let us know if you like it. You can find our podcast where you find your podcasts. You know, subscribe, say like, hey, these guys absolutely, these guys know absolutely nothing. 
their booms are always wrong. Their busts are always wrong. All these out of the scene picks don't even make sense. Just, just be like, Hey, you know, just let us know. And if you, but if you do like it, let us know that you like it. But yeah, uh, if you, like I said, you can find our pod wherever you find your podcasts and find us on OT Fancy F Ball. Real quick before we sign off, um, I didn't bring this up earlier, but the Jets signed Trevor Simeon to their practice squad. Do you think that this could be the beginning of a change at quarterback? In New York. And I know when I said that like I would take any quarterback over Zach Wilson, they go and they, they, they add Trevor Simeon, who I guess by you know more accounts than not is probably a better quarterback than Zach Wilson. Probably. Um, <laughs> he has probably a lot more wins and um, probably just better completion percentage and average depth of throw. And um, Zach Wilson, it looks horrible. And um, – have you have you seen the reports that the locker room's churning on the coach for supporting Zach Wilson? No, I haven't seen those, but if those are true, I wouldn't be surprised because if I was working my ass off in that locker room and working my ass off to win games and the coach is over here saying like, Hey, this guy's gonna our best chance to win and we all fucking know he's not. Excuse me, <laughs> I'm gonna cut that out. We all know that he's not the best chance to win. I'm gonna be a little bit ticked off. So hopefully, you know, Hopefully Simeon can, you know, get that starting job and hopefully, you know, up the, up the fantasy, the fantasy stock of, you know, all those offensive players because Garrett Wilson or Garrett Wilson, um, Zach Wilson, I don't know how many throws or how many passes he's throwing, but I, this was it for me. This is the, the moment that, that I realized like, well, I, this guy it, is not going to... Was it when they had like six passing yards and they were like, well, like like several minutes into the game? <laughs> like It was like, they've had at least a few drives. And it, was fourth, it was fourth and ten. It was fourth and ten. And instead of throwing the ball down the field, sure, you know, maybe it gets picked off or whatever, but it's fourth down. So either way, you know, you're losing the ball. Mm-hmm. He checked down to the tight end who was two yards from the line of scrimmage on a fourth and 10. Just hoping that the tight end will figure it out. (laughs) Hoping that freaking Tyler Conklin is going to juke out two or three defenders to get the first down. Like it's, it's very frustrating. Obviously, you know, we miss Aaron Rodgers, but he's somewhere, you know, tripping on shrooms in a dark room somewhere. I, I just, I just want to throw this out there to you. And I don't like me and you are not Jets fans. We don't really have a lot of stake in this team outside of fantasy. But you would think if you were going all in this season with Aaron Rodgers, that you would at least bring a quarterback in that at least resembles that you're still all in. You know what I mean? Like you would. That's what I said. (laughs) Even even if the quarterback absolutely lets the team down, at least you're like, hey, Here's a paycheck to another like Trevor Simeon. Just seems like they're like, hey, I don't know. We're, I guess, like, why, why, why make the, why, why make the effort? Like Carson Wentz is wearing the team apparel from all his former teams on a practice field somewhere in the middle of nowhere, just chucking the ball to himself and then running down and getting in and chucking it back again. I don't even think he's playing catch with anyone. Just, just call Carson Wentz, and at least you're gonna give the spark of hope to that locker room and your fan base that you're at least trying. 
And who knows? Maybe you get the Carson Wentz of, you know, the Eagles 2016 Super Bowl run. You know, like that Carson Wentz was dominant until, you know, he went down with the ACL tear. But yeah, even even if even if it's commanders, Carson Wentz, even if it's commanders, Carson Wentz, it's still better than Zach Wilson. Yeah, you you got to what the coaches say and what they're doing are two different things. Even like if you watch the press conference after the game and you know they asked Robert Sala if Wilson is still remaining the starter like he just had a hard time saying yes even though he said yes. Mm-hmm. So it it looks like, you know, like Zach Wilson has some blackmail on him and you know, he has no choice but to say, yeah, we believe in Zach Wilson, but they need to make a change at quarterback soon or else this is just a wasted season for them. And I think they put too much into the season for it to just be a toilet bowl season. So um, I just had to get that off my chest before we sign out here. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, I agree. And yeah, I, I just wanted to look up one more tiny thing before we signed off. On that note, because I was just going to bring up, I was going to ask you a quick question on that. But I just wanted to. Even Joe Namath, the legendary Joe Namath, quote, said, It's disgusting. I wouldn't keep him. I've seen enough of Zach Wilson. Joe Namath, we've all seen enough of Zach Wilson. I I think. A guy almost lost his teeth in the stands yelling at Zach Wilson. Like. I I I think like the thing that's frustrating for a lot of people is that Zach Wilson seems like yeah Zach Wilson seems like he has a longer leash than a lot of these other quarterbacks that were drafted in the same class as him. Oh yeah, and and I was gonna I was checking right now when their bye week is. That's still in three weeks. Like no, you you can't just like wait a week before the bye week so you could have an extra week to practice with your new with your new quarterback. You need to go get that quarterback now. And even if he doesn't play this Sunday, then he's ready for the Sunday after. Like, it's, I have no idea what this, unless they're like legit, like we can't spend any money. We can't, we legitimately can't spend any money. I'm sure someone will legitimately sign. If you could get Trevor Simeon, I'm sure you could find another quarterback that will sign for the same amount just to play for you guys. You're talented enough to convince someone to go play there. Yeah, you have enough talent all around you. Every aspect, like every position of that team is good, except the most important position. You don't win games without a quarterback. Go pick up Josh Johnson. Go pick up some of these other guys. The Ravens have like two, three quarterbacks in their system that are legit NFL starting quality. (laughs) Like just, just hell, just even go, go get Mike White. Go get Mike White back. Like seriously, like yeah, absolutely. Like there, there's, there's a few quarterbacks. Like go, go see what Case Keenum's up to. <laughs> like, like, just, just he's bring- actually, he's actually backup quarterback uh, for the Jets. Not for the Jets. Uh, he is a backup for. I thought he was out of the league already. Houston Texans. Oh, then okay. Go 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 get Case Keenum. Go get Matt Barkley from Buffalo. Like just just at least switch it up. <laughs> like just... it's bad. It's really bad. 
Absolutely. I'm I'm trying to think, isn't there a quality like I would have I would have said too, like before Derek Carr got injured, call the Saints and see what James Winston's up to. At least James, well, at least he could gunsling it. Be, yeah, now he's gonna be checking bombs down the field. Mm-hmm. It's just frustrating to to see Zach Wilson pass the ball fifteen times a game for like twenty yards, like it's it's very frustrating as an NFL fan, as a football fan, mm-hmm. as just a logical person. Like Sala, don't let this be part of your legacy. Absolutely, I understand the coach speak of having to get behind your quarterback because it you know you kind of have to, but either it's on him or it's somebody in the front office not doing their job. Like, but you got to go find somebody. You you coach yeah. Zach Wilson up until you find someone. <laughs> like, go get yeah. Taylor Haneke. I think he's playing for Atlanta as the backup. Like he could he he could throw the ball a bit. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just naming backup quarterbacks. You know what? Find us at OT Fancy F Ball and X. Find our podcast where you find your podcast. Send us off season. As always, we're not fortune tellers, but we're fortunate enough to talk about Zach Wilson. Till next time, set your lineups. Good luck. Don't get cute. We'll see you next week.